gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the universe, here in this great hall of justice. The superheroes have to be around other superheroes. You know what I mean? That's the hall of justice is more about them just commiserating about their powers and less about them like actually fighting crime. Seth Everett is the best there is at what he does, Bob. And what he does is the Hall of Justice Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of the Hall of Justice. Uh, my name is Seth Everett, and this is episode 211. And for that, we welcome back the man, the myth, the legend, the movie re reviewer extraordinaire, the great Victor Dandridge of Vantage In-House Productions. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing today? Good. Uh, the, the, I mean, the self-proclaimed hardest working man, but literally, like, we're recording this in the middle of the night. <laughs> My God, is it hard. Come on, man. I mean, I, I just, I'm in demand right now. That's what I'm calling it. You're in demand. <laughs> I'm in demand. <laughs> What's not in demand is our subject for today. Oh, that's so messed up. It's on demand, though. That's got to count for it's something. All, it's all available <laughs> on demand. Uh, the New Mutants. Yes. The, the, the interesting thing about The New Mutants is the saga behind the movie is almost as interesting as the movie and the fact that it's connected to the X-Men series. Yes. And the fact is, is that the X-Men series, despite The New Mutant, Mutants, like the podcast we did about Dark Phoenix, which was probably the last podcast we did in person with each other. Yes. Because we were at uh, Wizard Philadelphia. That's right. That's right. And we recorded the Dark Wizard Philadelphia Phoenix. like two years ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. That was the was that the last time we were in the same room together? That's yeah. Crazy. Well, it wasn't two years ago. It was it was just 19. last year. But yeah, 19. But it was still like that feels like two, three years. It feels ago. like a lifetime ago. Right. <laughs> and uh, the uh, the and so the X-Men series, this is supposed to be a horror movie. It was right. originally supposed to come out in 2018. Right. Um, this project started in 2014. Uh, the crazy. April 2018 release was original, and then they delayed it, and they were delaying it for reshoots. And all the while, Disney bought Fox. Yes. And everyone wondered whether or not New Mutants was ever going to come out. It was, um, it was supposed to be this horror movie. And then they were said, you know what? We're going to release it in March of 2020. And guess what happened? COVID. A, po a pandemic. Yeah. And so... The first delay was not because of COVID. The right. second delay was. Right. And it finally came out when every movie theater was closed. They released it theatrically. No one saw it. And then it came out on Blu-ray. And Victor Dandridge tweeted something that said, it's not awful. It's not awful. And I don't understand that part. Here's it is, here's because it is not better than it is not better than the Fantastic right? Four movie. Which one? The newer I disagree. All three, all three are better. No, 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 no. Eric Bana's Hulk movie is better. Okay, now hold on now. That's disrespectful. That is disrespect. No, I'll go further. 
Ben Affleck's <laughs> Daredevil is better than New Mutants. That movie is terrible. No, this movie is better than at least no, those two. No. At least those two. And I can explain why. All right. The floor is yours. Now, okay. Now, here's the thing. I do believe that the trailer misled everybody. Like, the, the horror lean that it had in the trailer is not nearly as evident in the actual movie, which is... That is definitely a mistake. I wonder if the reshoots were supposed to be geared more towards that element and they didn't get them. Um, but the the very horror nature of it is not nearly as pronounced as the trailer setup, which is which is bad. But the movie that I compare this to specifically in the X-Men franchise is X-Men 1, the very first one in 2000. Because there was, there was a lot of groundwork that they lay. And, and it definitely would have been a movie that you look you look back on and go, well, it actually kind of sucked. Only drinking bleach. Good. I what? swear it's, it's true. It's true. Think of, like, think about it. Right. Oh my God. Let's look at, let's look at X-Men one. Right. Number one, first and foremost, we have the idea that the X-Men are already established as a team, as a unit, they got uniforms, the whole nine, but we don't know who they are. Right. They are banking on a ton of, of information that we just walk into the theater with like upfront, we know who Wolverine is when we see him. We know who Rogue is when we see her, Cyclops, Storm, everybody we have to have preconceived knowledge for. That's kind of the way this is set up. Like if you know who the new mutants are, then you'll have a better foundation for this whole project moving forward. If you don't know who they are, you're just kind of like, ah, let's just see what this is. You don't you don't know. So it, it has the same platform set up as the original X-Men movie. The, the reason why I don't know about that is that storyline was a it was developed in a sense where you had different people coming in from different places outside of the initial uh, destruction of uh, Danny's um, reservation village or whatever, right. wherever she lives. This whole movie, I would say 95 percent of this movie takes place in this hospital yep and it's like it's like a bad high school play it's a play where they're 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 sitting in this room and all it is is let's change the let's go to the other set and scare you and let's go to the other set and stare i mean but think okay think about it like this story and the the character development is so minimal well see that's 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 my point though Ileana. that's my point the, the the fact that Ileana is Ileana from the X Men. <laughs> no, she ain't that one. She is a very different Ileana. <laughs> but you remember in the X Men animated? Oh series? yes, Colossus. Ileana, come Ileana, here. where's my sister? Where's my sister? <laughs> well, there she is. Yeah, no, she's she's a very different character. But no, think about the the characterizations of of X Men. The first movie. There's not really a lot. There's really not. Um, you get the sense of Wolverine's badassery. Sure, that's a necessity. But when it comes to who Cyclops is as a consummate leader, no, not not established well at all. Gene's fair. not established well. That's fair. Storm's not established all that, well. All that is is fair, but that doesn't make this movie good. No, no, no. What I'm saying is that the the potential that's built into it is just like that that movie. And that movie we we enjoyed when it first came out. The problem okay. is there's been a bunch of other movies 
that have developed these characters and we hold this one in the same light, which we shouldn't do because it's the first no, one. I, I disagree. What what you're saying is the New Mutants storyline, the Chris Claremont created New Mutants storyline has potential to be a movie. This is not that movie. Uh... This does not, this is not uh, pay tribute to the New Mutants book because what it, all it does is you don't know who the Dr. Reyes, you don't understand who what her point is. You'd never understand. You, 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 she's just a doctor and she's just there. No, maybe we watched the same movie. Yeah. Are you sure? Like, listen, okay. Spoilers. We getting into it. We chopping this up. You haven't watched this oh, movie. Of course it's spoiler. Oh, okay. Here we go. I, I, I didn't say spoilers. At we, the did, we didn't say no spoilers. No one's going to so see this. Yeah. <laughs> no, everyone needs to see this. Okay. Here's one of the best There'll things be about this movie. There'll be more people that listen to this podcast. Than- <laughs> <laughs> That's so terrible. The best thing about this movie is how... From the onset, what they what they set you up for is your understanding and knowledge of the X-Men universe. Everybody talks about the X-Men. The X-Men are real. The X-Men have existed. So all the kids know about who the X-Men are. The right. one thing that they don't establish um, directly is when this is taking place. So we don't know if this is in the... Pre-Apocalypse, pre-Dark right. Phoenix. We don't know if this is in Logan times. We have no idea when exactly this is. Because right, you never leave the goddamn bubble. No, but that, that's what makes it smart, though, because it's you just like... You could have filmed this in quarantine. You could have, which is which makes it brilliant for when it actually kind of came out. Um, but <laughs> the whole thing the whole thing is very reminiscent of, of Nightmare on M Street 3, The Dream Warriors, which all takes place at, like, a, a hospital, right? It's, it's very, very similar. I think that was, like, their, their thematic goal, which they kind of accomplished this fairly well. Um, the whole thing is this big misdirection. Because the whole time, everyone believes that there's this association to the X-Men. Like, that's what it's supposed to be. And it's huge. The problem, I think the biggest problem is a series of events that never actually happened. So based on based on X-Men Apocalypse not doing well, right? I think that had an effect on what happened for New Mutants. The fact that they switched up and Dark Phoenix switches gears and it's not the two picture deal that it was supposed to be, that has an effect on how we see new views. For whatever reason, I can see the parts and pieces of where everything was supposed to go. And I don't, I don't fault new mutants for it because I know it was, it was a part of a greater whole that didn't get to happen. So if like, we're just going to go into, it. okay. So Dr. Reyes, the presumption is that she works for Xavier, that she is in some sister school, kind of like Gen X in the mid nineties where Emma Frost and Banshee had their own school and was teaching like this new, you know, age. And of I understand how you can make that assumption, but what gives you the, what from the movie tells you that? What, well, it's the way that they talk about it, right? Cause they talk about whether or not they're going to be X-Men. That's what they, that's what they talk about. Right. In, in the one scene in the lounge. Right. Right. So, and that's the whole thought is that every, cause again, this, this is people that are coming into New Mutants with a prior knowledge of what the New Mutants are, just like we did with X-Men, because we know what they are. So we're just kind of seeing how they're doing this. So we come in knowing that the New Mutants are a third class of students at the Xavier Institute that he teaches. We already know that as comic book fans. So we're coming in with this preconceived knowledge and they're banking on that so as they're talking about the x-men and whether or not that's what they're actually training for when we get the twist and you find out that is not what they're doing at all and they don't know that that is the that is the hook of this movie is 
they're looking at, you know, oh, you came in and you thought you knew this, but we're going to twist this on its ear. And that's going to be amazing. The problem is all the subsequent follow-up stuff got derailed. It's, it's exactly like what we're seeing with the, um, with the Snyder cut, you know, there's things in Batman v Superman that fall flat because justice league didn't work the way it was supposed to. So now we're going to get to see if the Snyder cut changes how we look at Batman v Superman, because the things that were supposed to be set up, the things that are supposed to be actualized, we actually see them and that could change everything. But with this one, we're never going to get that. There, there will be no, you know, Simon Kinsberg cut of Dark Phoenix. I don't think we're ever going to get that. That's not going to happen. We're not going to see. There's a better chance of getting uh, the uh, Batman forever, uh, Joel exactly. Schumacher. <laughs> exactly. That's not going to happen. So, but that's, that's the thing is like looking at, looking at New Mutants and understanding what it was beset against, I can see the, the workings of where everything was actually going to build to something way, way bigger. The hits just keep on coming with Warner Brothers, and this is not animation. This is about some live-action CW. Batwoman, the complete first season, is now available on Blu-ray, DVD, and on demand. The Blu-ray includes a limited edition bonus disc. The Blu-ray includes a limited edition bonus disc with all five episodes of the crossover event. The Crisis on Infinite Earths. And bonus features galore. Batwoman is the first season of this brand new series, and it's the only season that's going to feature Ruby Rose as Kate Kane, because there's going to be major changes going on in next season. There's a new Batwoman, there's a new character, it's a whole new thing. This is the definitive Batwoman, and this is the first season, and it's the only season featuring Kate Kane. You can check it out on Blu-ray. Meanwhile, The Flash Season 6 is also out on Blu-ray this week. And that includes five episodes of the crossover Crisis on Infinite Earths as well. And the best moment there is actually from Arrow, where Grant Gustin Flash meets Ezra Miller. And if you think about everything from the fandom, that connects to Grant Gustin. That's pretty, pretty phenomenal. The Flash Season 6 is available on Blu-ray, DVD, and on demand August 25th. This is the most recent season of The Flash, and of course, it was shortened a bit by COVID-19, so was Batwoman, but they tied up the stories, and you can see exactly how, and really, the cliffhangers that are at the end of these seasons, you need to see before you can find out when season seven begins, or season two of Batwoman. The Flash, season six, Batwoman, season one, both available wherever you can find Blu-rays, DVDs, and on-demand digital. In my notes, I have, first of all, this was supposed to take place three years after Apocalypse. Um, right. <clears throat> and originally, James McAvoy or Alexandra Shipp uh, was supposed to be in it. Okay. And that makes a major difference. It does. It makes a huge difference. But again, it doesn't have it. I, what I'm saying is I'm judging this movie on its own. Right. And the reference to the <laughs> X-Men, uh, this is an audio podcast, so you can't, I, I was like this. <laughs> oh, 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 wait did the they say what? Oh, what oh the x-men oh <laughs> and the fact that i didn't know because i didn't read a lot about this movie going in right because you said to me like just go in with an open mind and, just go I, in and I, watch I, it. I totally did just go in and watch it and the scenes with iliana i never knew that she was colossus's sister i never right. knew that right and that would have been something you could have told me 
and you know, it's your and, fault. It's your fault of a movie because yep. you that that's not an Easter egg. That is a it's plot not. growth. That's a plot development, and you well, dodged it. And that doesn't even cost you anything. Here's here's the question though. Here's the question, and this is this is the judgment of Fox's handling of the X Men franchise. Which Colossus is she the sister of? It doesn't matter. You didn't acknowledge it, it. but it does no, no, no. though. You, the only connection to Colossus in right? this movie is your mind. This right. movie doesn't tell it. Well, that's that's, that's why, why it's I'm a asking, brutal though. movie. That's why I'm asking because in the in the context of Colossus, right? There's two right. that they could reference, but they are vastly different versions of the same character. One is, is, it, is definitely the, is older. Is it the Deadpool guy, or is it right? the one from the films? So which one do you? suggest that she's related to because if you're tying into one franchise that's one thing if you're if you're not tying into that franchise that makes it complicated because now you've associated her to a character that you're not even referencing anymore how do you know which one you know you can reference or maybe they weren't allowed to because of that and i'm going to plead my ignorance here yeah okay because i'm not a game of thrones person that's fair and i you know we we did the podcast you did it without me remember right we did right. that. So I've never seen Game of Thrones and it's been advertised to me every minute on HBO Max and I'm not interested. I'm not on, you gotta I'm, watch not, this. I'm, I'm not even remotely tempted. It's um, it's a pornographic version of Sword and Sorcery, dude. You got to watch it. But but uh Macy Williams? Yes. I had never uh seen her before. Right? This is the first time I'm seeing. This is your first introduction to Aya Stark. Ugh, man. Aya Stark, right? That's yeah. who she plays. And she's got she's got some eyebrows, and oh, yeah. she she um I mean she's fine in the movie. It, 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 that's not the point. In the bonus features, right? There is a bonus feature of New Mutants cast Macy Williams. Like this was some get like you're getting Julia Roberts here. It was you got to dude. You got to understand. I said I'm I'm pleading my ignorance <laughs> here. I didn't know that. Yes. But they don't acknowledge in the in the in the commentary and the commentary by the way is they interview. Uh, I think his name is his last name is Menkevich. He was one of the artists on the new music. Sinkevich. Sinkevich. Yeah. And he's one of and and Josh Boone right. interviews him. And they don't reference that there's a movie. It's basically a podcast. Right. And, and you can tell that they're on Zoom. And <laughs> and they recorded it during COVID. And it's there's not even a, oh, check that scene out. Like the movie being they're on has playing. no impact on this whatsoever. <laughs> and they don't reference what anything about how great Anya Taylor-Joy is. Oh, she's fantastic. And she is from this chess show. And she's become all the rage listen she she does carry this movie in a huge way Harry's no disrespect no disrespect to blue hunt who plays danny blue was great i'm not but i'm not disrespecting anybody in the cast yeah yeah but she is she she shines in this yeah movie. yeah and and the thing that makes it so great is when this movie was supposed to come out all three were burgeoning oh. stars right like right. No, blue no. blue is being introduced in this one right but um, and I'm losing his name right now. The guy that plays Cannonball, Sam Guthrie, he's in Stranger Things. Yep. Um, all like burgeoning young stars. So this is like a perfect vehicle. Right. They for... filmed this before Stranger Things ever aired. Right. Like this is this is a perfect vehicle to launch these guys. And 
it like it, it's a series of unfortunate events that really make it play the way that it does because each one as actors have become big phenomenons on, on their own right um but considering like this movie was filmed or at least in the works possibly before anna was in split before she was in glass like there's so many different things that you know change the dynamic of how we look at these characters or the, the actors that are portraying them yeah yeah she's the survivor in split you know i love that movie i know you do <laughs> You know, when we did the 200th, that would have been. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, man, I, I think she's amazing. Oh, the homework but, assignment that was split. Man, come on. It was, it was fantastic. Oh my how, many, how many different characters did McAvoy play? Um, and that would have been a funny Easter egg, too, if, like, as he's talking to Magic, he kind of switches to another accent. No, yeah, um, that would be weird. But, yeah, so. Queen's Gambit is the, is the chess show. I haven't watched that yet, but I hear that I that is fantastic. I hear is absolutely fantastic and everyone loves her because of it. Um, but yeah, so she does a really great job as magic. She's a mean person, low key, horrible to everybody else, but it works. Um, but overall, like the narrative of what, what is happening is very interesting, like from a storytelling point of view. And part of the reason why I told you not to go in with any pre like, don't read anything or anything like that. Just kind of watch the movie is there was, like a huge complaint about one of the characters. Um, it's the character Sunspot. So Bobby DaCosta, um, yep. there was a huge complaint because the actor that's playing him is a light-skinned Brazilian guy. And in the comics, he is an Afro-Brazilian to be very specific. And people you know, felt like there was a whitewashing and, and that wasn't cool. And I, I was ardently against that position because this is not the first time that Bobby has been shown in an X-Men franchise movie. And the first time he was shown, he was played by um, uh, a guy of, of Mexican descent, not, not Brazilian. And so I'm like, this is a step in the right direction because at least they got a Brazilian guy to play him this time. Like, it's like not just this- Days of Future Past, right? He was, he was. So, you know, I'm, I'm ardently, you know, arguing for the benefits of what this movie represents, not the- the step backs because there are some sure like it wasn't nearly as scary as the trailer presented that it was going to be which i think that would have been a much better thing for them to lean into we saw comedy hit with with uh deadpool making like a western hit with logan if you had tried to really make this a horror flick that would have like soared as as comic books can now be something totally different than what we've ever seen before We'll be back with more of the Hall of Justice, but first, I have to tell you about another podcast I do, and yeah, we talk about it from time to time, but anybody who knows my career knows it's a sports broadcasting career. Yes, I love the Hall of Justice so much. I also started a podcast that is called Sports with Friends. It's a play on words, because my mother always played words with friends. And I thought, wouldn't it be neat to see if I have as many friends in the industry that could come on a show and be open and honest and have a friendly chat? So I started the podcast and said every guest is a friend. But then I found out that some of my friends are in PR and they book guests for the show. And they've asked me to put people I'm just meeting. So now every guest is a friend or a friend of a friend. We play Jewish Geography. Some of the past guests on this show can be really close friends like Dave Softy Mahler or Andrew Siciliano. 
and some of them are big icons that are also friends. Ken Griffey Jr. thinks he made my career. Martin Brodeur, the best goalie in the history of the NHL. And we also tackle big topics. We'll find out about cord cutting for a sports fan or the life and death of Kobe Bryant. And then there was Nancy Lieberman's appearance. What a story she had to tell. And then there's Eli Manning, who's been on the podcast five times and counting. All I know is if you listen to Sports with Friends, you'll hear some great guests, you'll hear so many stories, and you'll feel like you know not only them, but me. Check out Sports with Friends wherever you can get your podcasts. And if you're listening to this one, I guarantee you, you'll find Sports with Friends right there. Your argument has been all about what it could be and what it Mm -hmm. should have been. But what I'm trying to explain is what it is. And what it is, is it's a play. It's just these five people in this, in this one building. I mean, but that's not a bad thing though. That's my only point. That's not a bad thing. Nothing. And when it came to the, the end, I didn't even realize it was the end. I was just like, oh, <laughs> this was it. <laughs> like, that was that was I it. Thought the that pool was scene it. was the climax, and that wasn't it. And I was like, nah, no, 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 that wasn't that wasn't it. That wasn't it. But I mean, there's there's different things that are very interesting to me in this movie. Like really speaking about what what was, um, I love the fact that they changed everybody's origin story. Everybody was responsible for death and dealing with that. Like that that showcase mutants in a dangerous position where. The X-Men movies, they, they do that in, in big, grandiose ways. This does it in very small, personal ways, which works for me, which is why that small, truncated cast really worked, because everything that they did was a very personal setup. It was, I had this thing happen due to my powers kicking in, and I feel this way about it. It's all about the I of five individuals, and I, I thought that was smart. Like, you're not trying to make it this big, world-saving event. It's not about stopping the phoenix or apocalypse it was how do these kids deal with the fact that they have these abilities that they couldn't control and it cost them something very personal like and i like that it was very it's it's very breakfast club yes it's very breakfast club right but i think that works the only thing that that work that doesn't work is to do breakfast club as a horror story when you don't actually put the horror in there that's the problem is the promise that it gave us or that it set up it didn't deliver i don't know i don't know um there's been talk now of deadpool 3 mm-hmm. and they got the guys who uh, uh write or guys it, it's men and women uh who wrote uh bob's burgers to okay be the writers on it uh and the rumor is is they're going to keep r interesting and it'll and supposedly uh, Disney Plus is going to have an R section, and they're going to not call it the R section, but there's going to be a section of Disney Plus for adult movies, <laughs> not adult <laughs> movies. <laughs> um, but uh, it's going to be like a Disney, not Disney Gold or something. Something I, I don't remember what the name is, but right. it was uh, that Disney Plus is going to have an extra section. Like they have a Star Wars section and a Marvel right. section and a and a princess section and whatever. And the rumor is um, that they're going to introduce that and Deadpool's going to get on D- Disney Plus eventually. Interesting. Interesting. Um, Can we get Logan? Like, I'm, I'm more excited about Logan being on Disney Plus. Well, the weird part is, is we own these <laughs> movies and what <laughs> that doesn't do anything for me. Right. 
And it's very weird. I, that, that's one of my big cord cutting um, complaints. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll come in. I, I th- my wife is still in the live TV mode. So, like, <laughs> okay. I tweeted this. Like, who watched Coming to America last Sunday? If you love that movie, you own it. Yeah, yeah. You, I was going to say, I didn't know that was You one. have the VHS. You have the Blu-ray. You have the DVD. You have something of Coming to America. You right. can see that movie anytime you want. It was on CBS, edited with commercials. And yeah, you, that's, that, no. that Coming to America is on TV? No, no. No, no, no. I would, I, I don't, I couldn't watch it that way anyway. That would be annoying. The commercials are one thing, but edited? No, nah, you can't watch that movie edited. Some of the best lines have cuss words in them. The uh, yeah, and and, and to to, to kind of put a bow on this, uh, Thanksgiving, uh, Disney Plus released the Lego Star Wars holiday special. Yes, yes, they did, and it was great. I haven't it watched was, it yet. Is it really good? It's it's great. It's really okay. sharp. It's really funny. Um, but they they literally touch on every movie, which is so it. funny. I love it. Um, she gets this this crystal, and she can time travel into all the different <laughs> movies, and she shows up on Dagobah. Um, and Luke's training, and then she goes to Tatooine, and that's young Luke who uh, all he does is drink blue milk. And he, every time he drinks blue milk, he has a blue mustache. That's and hilarious. It's so it's so funny. Um, that's awesome. That was funny. And then I watched because I am mm-hmm. that guy. My new Thanksgiving tradition. Uh, I think this is like three years running. I watched the original holiday special. Oh, 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 oh. okay. That's some kind of special <laughs> that is no glowing some... review there that's not what we're doing the best part is you know i don't know i don't know where i got this from but i have a hard file of it and i you know i won't sell it or anything like that right but uh on it and i think it's from dayton ohio the affiliate the the cbs affiliate in dayton ohio i mean that's right around the and the best me. part about it the best part about it is when you press play on the thing it'll go Wonder Woman starring Linda Carter and The Incredible Hulk starring Bill Bixby will not be seen tonight. <laughs> wow. Wow. This holiday special and holy moly. What makeup did Mark Hamill have on? <laughs> Man, all of it. All oh, of it. God. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. That's crazy. It, 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 that, that, that's crazy. Um, and one side note, the Mandalorian has been oh my head God. over heels. Amazing. Oh my God. And if the lesson that was learned and we're going to do a full review podcast of it when it ends, of course. Um, and JC, congratulations to JC Reifenberg. He had uh, a child. Hey, congrats, JC. And he also named the child, uh, if, if you named a child anything scum or villainy, you're in trouble. No, Don't. no, no, no. But oh. he did it where the initials of the kid are Jin. Oh, nice. And nice. But not the name. It's right. not the name. And it's it's brilliant. But uh, anyway, he'll come back uh, for, for uh, the Mandalorian. But all I have to say is when they said Grogu. Oh, my God. Spoilers. Uh, when they said uh, Grogu, that was the first name reveal since Cosmo Kramer that I literally <laughs> fell out of a chair. <laughs> I mean, listen, and the world has been like truly divided 
since then. Like, no joke. Oh, I love it. It's hilarious. I'm still going to call him Baby Yoda. That's just what I'm going to call him. I'm like, wow, guys. Like, he has a well, name. And it, and it opens up a can of worms. for it a, does. And, and I don't think if you ever cash in on that storyline, you're not, it's not, it's no longer the Mandalorian story. No, so no. It's a spinoff show. If anything, if you want to do it, you know, a Jedi, you know, first of all, supposedly he was born and in the Jedi temple when Anakin comes and kills all the younglings and they hid him. Right. And then he got lost somehow. Well, is that right? Yeah. Does that work? Cause he's 50 years old. Right. So that would have been, well, get, okay, he would have been what, like 20 or something when that happened? Something like that. How, right. Yeah. Okay. But he was All a right. baby and he was a less developed baby than he is now. Right. And so they hid him. Right. Supposedly the Jedi hid him and, and who did it and where that's going to be a novel. That'll right. be a great book somewhere. Oh, of course. Of course. And then um, on top of that, you can then the, the idea that, Anakin was attached to Ahsoka. Right. And that helped lead to his demise. I mean, obviously Padme is, is the, is the main part of it. And that because of Grogu's attachment to Mando. Right. They can't train him. Yes. There's a whole, or she, she the Jedi are so few, they wouldn't train him. And that's where there's a debate there of, of course you trade him, train him. Well, I mean, but I think yeah, I was gonna say I think it's, it's interesting. She power, said right. she wouldn't do it because of her fear. Right. But um, okay, I got to give a shout out to my buddy Jean Paul Deschung. Um, After this episode happened, we we had a call and he was spitting out some ideas. And one of his ideas, just one of them, <clears throat> would make you hate Kylo Ren forever. There would be no redemption possible. For Kylo Ren, and it is in association around Grogu. That's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. Okay. <laughs> well, it, it it's so it's so uh, interesting to me how it's a treasure trove of stories mm-hmm. in the timeline, in the timeline, and how. But if you think about it, and this is can tie it back into New Mutants, is what you knew then and what you know now are very very different. Very true. Very true. Was conceived. Disney was not buying Fox. Right. When when Disney bought Star Wars, they hadn't bought Marvel. Right. And Disney Plus was not even in a uh, wasn't even a concept glimmer in somebody's eye. Right. So this idea that at the time they said, "Well, we need to have a trilogy," and Mm -hmm. Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, and Carrie Fisher were still alive at the time, and they said, "Well, let's just make that." Right. And so I don't blame. J.J. Abrams for having to advance the story 30 years. But the reality is the best Star Wars stories are now in that timeline that you never need an episode 10. You didn't need an episode seven. But if you're giving me episode at seven, eight, nine. okay. but now fill in all those blanks. Right. And that goes back to my my show that I want to do. It's the animated Luke and Leia training on on Dagobah. Right, voiced by Billy Lord and Mark Hamill, and you could have it would be the greatest show in the world, and you could do that. In, in theory, like again, it's another show that's in between three and four or six and seven, and those are the two brilliant ones. Those would be fantastic. Um, How do you feel about the 
word that uh is getting her own show her own spinoff if that's true that's great just don't make it the mandalorian story like give the right. mandalorian his story right. now what you've done is you've made it a bigger picture because if you rewatch the end of rebels right and the battle the season four premiere of rebels which is the battle of mandalore and mm -hmm. the dark saber and how she gets the dark saber and right there's an untold story which how um um Giancarlo Esposito takes right. the gets the gets his hands on the dark saber. Yeah, and Moff what is, that means I can't wait for him to, to do his thing. And what that means for Mandalorians. Right. There's a lot. There's a lot there. They they can build right. so that's so a much. Mandalorian story, and that's right. that's good. That's where that's you want to tell the Ahsoka what happens to Ahsoka Tano after the Empire. Right. I'm sure. I'm I'm all and if Rosario wants to do it, great. Even but, better. But make that be the spinoff right that's the painkiller to your black lightning <laughs> i don't know man that, that's that hurts me that black lightning is is black lightning's ending but they're gonna yeah, do painkiller they are gonna do painkiller i don't know if i like that either um it's it seems a little it seems a little weird to me um like we you can only told, have one black we have been show told that uh in january uh the new batwoman will be on this podcast hmm Okay, okay. I'll keep my ears up for that one. That'll be awesome. Dope. Um, and it's funny because they had to shut down production. Yes, they did. And I immediately emailed the PR person going, um, she's not doing anything now. Can she Can she <laughs> jump on now? What's up? Can we do it now? What about now? She's not uh, doing anything. Uh, sorry. We'll see. It's all over the news. Before we get back to the show, I just want to tell you about a very cool announcement that was recently made about the Hall of Justice. We are so excited that this show is now available to stream free on Spotify. Spotify, folks, that is the what the young kids are using. Spotify is something my kids use. If you haven't tried listening there yet, it's it's a downloadable app. You can use Spotify on any device, iPhone, Samsung, Android, whatever you want to do. It's a great listening experience. You go straight from listening to music. You can listen to Prince. You can listen to superhero songs. You know the kind of stuff I listen to. And then switch right over to this podcast in the very same app. Just search for The Hall of Justice on Spotify and start listening free. It's totally free, even if you're not a premium member. We're excited that there are new listeners that are going to find this show, and I'm so grateful for everybody that subscribes, listens, rates, and reviews. The Hall of Justice is now on Spotify. Now back to the show. Justice and peace for all mankind. New Mutants, I thought it was awful. I mean, I'm not saying it was great. Like I said, I, I compare it to X-Men 1, and everyone knows that in this in the line of X-Men movies, X-Men 1, though it started the franchise, is not at almost anyone's tip-top list. It's somewhere closer to the bottom. So I will definitely concede that it's not a great movie, but I saw the potential of what this could have been, and I thought it could have been great. What's a, what's a worse movie? Dark Phoenix is worse. Dark Phoenix is worse. Apocalypse is way worse way way worse no no no, no. yes no, yes no, yes no, yes no, yes no. come on man apocalypse doesn't touch nearly the gravitas that it should have i understand it is way worse no what come on come on you're come on you what what about apocalypse Hulk. 
is better than this movie. This no, movie is awful. No, no. Eric Bannis Hawk is way worse than this movie, too. <laughs> um, way, way worse. At least, at least it doesn't make fun of being a comic book movie like Eric Bannis Hawk does. <laughs> that makes fun of being a comic book movie. That's like, ha ha, you read uh, comics. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. You know that this is the only movie since Harley Quinn yes. that we have reviewed. Movie. Yeah. We've reviewed TV shows, but not movies. not movies. But it's not going to be the last one of the year, though. Come on. Okay, come on. We'll have time. Oh, we'll have time to get that one. I can't wait. We'll get that one in there. Yeah. Have you given any thought to... I know Christmas is a thing for you, and I, I'm so sorry. <laughs> if I get it, what? Us Jews want to do a live stream commentary, imme- immediate reaction. What are you talking about? I'll be up at three in the morning you're, making you're sure I watch this one. Well, and that, has that been revealed? What time? It hasn't, it? but that's what I'm expecting is that it's got to drop midnight Pacific time in order for yeah, yeah, us yeah. East Coasters to watch it. So, yeah, I'll be up at three I'll see it ready at, to watch it. I'll see it at like seven in the morning. Okay, I'll be there. I'll see it at seven in the morning. And I already told my kids, you want to have popcorn for breakfast? <laughs> nice. Nice. I showed them, I showed them, I'll take this out, but I showed them uh, the first Wonder Woman. Okay. My young one thought it was too scary, but my uh, my oh, older one was into it. Okay. And they, that's... I'll put this in the pie. Hold on, hold on. Excuse me. <clears throat> one other movie that I was not a master fan of was uh, Black Beauty. Okay. Very sad. This horse, yeah, this poor horse, yeah, has such an awful life, <laughs> and it, it the, the happy ending, spoilers, is that they find each other. Right. Big deal. You, right. They cry half the movie and my kids are <laughs> bawling. And what a dumb idea. Like I, I'm, I'm sorry. That was. And the narrator is Kate Winslet. But I didn't know that was Kate Winslet. Mm. And I swear to you, watch the first 10 minutes, first five minutes of Black Beauty. You'll swear it's Susan Eisenberg. <laughs> well, then that's what should have been. How about that? I, I said that. I said this. This sound. It sounds like Susan Eisenberg. And I, was I like, love it. I love is it. That Susan. Did Susan Eisenberg voice Black Beauty and not tell anybody? <laughs> hey, and listen. N- no disrespect to your love of Gal Gadot, but Susan Eisenberg is my Wonder Woman. I'm just. I just got to be honest. I just got to be honest, bro. I'm sorry. Well, I'm sorry. I understand. I, yeah. Hey, listen. L- L- Linda Carter is an icon. Susan is an icon. And, Definitely. And Gal Gadot is an icon i still hold on to uh paula Patton as as wonder woman i was just watching uh, uh mission possible ghost protocol the other day <laughs> and i was totally reminded of how much i was like man paula would have been amazing as as wonder woman i still hold on to that paula i love you that's that's all i just wanted to throw that out there i'll say this in the nicest way hey new mutants is available wherever you can get blu-rays and dvd and it'll be on streaming services really darn quick. Um, I can promise you that. And Macy Williams is in it. <laughs> That's so terrible. That's so terrible. I, terrible I, I'm definitely imploring people to watch it and, and see what they like. Like, see what you like of it. Um, and know that, you know, any critique technically doesn't matter because they're not continuing that franchise at all. We're not going to see a crossover event with them. Uh, I, I highly doubt it. It would be interesting, though, if this was like, oh, New Mutants didn't do well. Let's use that for the basis of the X-Men. That would be insane. New Mutants will be referenced in Deadpool 3. That is probably true. 
and not nice. Like something scary will happen. <laughs> what is this? New mutants? <laughs> <laughs> That's the Hall of Justice. Give a shout out to Victor Dandridge. Follow him on Twitter. Yes, at Vantage Inhouse. You can follow me everywhere. Twitter, Instagram, make it happen, people. Uh, we'll talk to you next week with an all-new episode. Oh, and by the way, last week, how great was Jess Harnell? Oh, my God. Fantastic. Oh, my God. Did you did you hear Fantastic. how we did it? Did you hear what oh, I yes. edited? When I got yes. It opens with, it's time for editing. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that was awesome. so good. So Absolutely good. dope. Right, I love it. Believe it or not.